from around the globe in sold-out arenas and humble churches from out on the streets to your screen and now the time and what must be done part nine on this edition of Farrakhan Speaks Greetings to you. I am Minister Louis Farrakhan, National Representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the eternal leader of the Nation of Islam, and that great preacher of freedom, justice, and equality to the aboriginal people of the earth, the black man and woman of America, the Western Hemisphere, and a warner to America, and a warner to the nations of the earth. Once again, it is my great privilege and honor to be able to speak to you once again on this timely subject given to us by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the time and what must be done. Last week, I quoted from the Holy Quran in the second uh, chapter of this great book of guidance where Almighty God Allah is speaking with the angels and telling them that he's going to place a ruler in the earth. And the angels questioned him about his decision, but they extolled his holiness and gave him praise for his righteousness, but they asked, what will you place in it except that that will cause mischief and shed blood? But Allah said to them, surely I know what you know not. All of us are living in a world of hate and division and bitterness and strife and grief. We've seen murder and rape and robbery and war and killing where it does not even look like a prophet of God has ever walked among us for the whole planet, it looks like, has gone into a way of rebellion against God, his will and his way. For if righteousness was the standard by which we judged, and by which we lived, and if we lived what Jesus gave to us as the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And as Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said, 
No man can be considered righteous or a Muslim unless he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. But we have lived the exact opposite of these great teachings of the prophets and therefore the world in which we live has reached its zenith in confusion, in bloodshed, in mischief-making, and trouble, and now we have reached, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, the end of this world and its system of things. And so those of you who are scripturally wise should be looking for the coming and the presence of God. For it is written in the scriptures that God's coming is after the working of Satan. And it is also written in the gospels that when he comes, the light of his presence would be a great light in the darkness and the wicked would be consumed by the brightness of his coming and the spirit of his mouth. For when he comes, he will speak truth and that truth will undermine the falsehood that this present world is based upon. In the Yusuf Ali translation of the Holy Quran, instead of using the word ruler, he uses the word vicegerent. I am going to place a vicegerent in the earth. And that word vicegerent means a person exercising delegated power on behalf of a sovereign or ruler. Again, a person regarded as an earthly representative of God or a God. Well, if God is going to place a ruler in the earth and give that ruler wisdom and power and dominion over the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and every creeping thing that crawls upon the earth, then this ruler will build his own world over which he will be considered a god, a vicegerent, a one standing in the place of God by God's permission, but not ruling in the way and the manner of God. Well, we've lived in such a world, and the good news is that God is not to come. He is present in the world. In the anointing of the great Mahdi, Master Farad Muhammad, who is in the world to set the world 
down that we presently live in and set up a cornerstone of a righteous world that will have no end. Well, this ruler, this vicegerent has built a world. And some of us love this world of evil and claim, as I said in a former broadcast, that Jesus is the one that would give his life to save this world. But if you look carefully at that scripture, Jesus is willing to give his life not for this world, but for the world that he is bringing in. So Jesus himself, in his talk with the Jews of his day, if I might quote it in the book of uh, John, he is saying to the Jewish people of that time that the world in which they are living, the world that they built, he's telling them that I am from above while you are from beneath. And those same words are found in the Old Testament where Jesus, I mean, where the prophet, pardon me, is saying, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I am from above while you are from beneath. Here is Jesus now, 2,000 years ago, saying something similar to the Jews of his day that he was in argument with. And there was a great controversy between Jesus and the Jews of that day. So he said to them in a very uh, beautiful way, he said, Ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, then you shall die in your sins. What was Jesus saying to the Jewish people of his day? He said, if you believe in me, then the word that I preach to you, you will follow that word. And if you follow that word, you will come up out of your sins and you would not perish. So when the scripture says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, notice the next part, that whosoever believeth in him should not 
perish but have everlasting life. So the world in which we are presently living is a world, as I said before, that was doomed from its very beginning. And this world now is in peril. It is perishing. It is going down. Now, when a man builds a world what is he producing? In the dictionary, the word world means the earth together with all its countries, people, and natural features. World means all of the people, societies, and institutions on the earth. Well, this is what the Caucasian people have done. They have built a world. And we are living in the world that is under their rule and domination. This is not the world set up by God. This is a world permitted by God that was set up under a contrary way of rule. This world is the world and these people are the people that rule this world and this is why Jesus said you are from beneath, meaning your world is from the flesh. Your world is from beneath. Your world was made from the weaker germ of the original man out of which you came. That is from beneath. But God is saying through Jesus, I am from above. My world, my way, my thoughts are from God. And he's arguing with the Jewish people, telling them that if you follow what I am saying to you, if you believe in what I'm saying, then you will do good. So when this subject matter began eight weeks ago, we quoted from the Quran, the Surah 103, by the time surely man is in loss, except those who believe and do good. Well, that argument is raging today. So Jesus gave up on the people to whom he was sent. And he said to them, listen carefully, my word has no place in you. Well, if the word, the revealed word of God has no place in a people that have set up a world, then their world will be contrary to the will and way of God. And this is why today you are so confused, for Satan has made evil fair-seeming to you. And everything that God said, thou shalt not do, the rulers of this world have made it easy to say, whatever God said, that's 
yesterday. We don't have to do that today. We're living in a modern time. And yet God answers that foolish charge saying, I am God and I change not. For he sees all the way down the line of time. You say he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, so he does not have to change, and therefore he comes at the end of this world to judge this world. Now I want you to look at something that he said about what his presence would bring. You know, the scriptures teach us that Jesus is a divider. You say of Farrakhan, he's divisive. So was Jesus. May I quote from his own lips in several places. Look at this. He said, think not that I come to bring peace. Nay, a sword. I come to set the mother-in-law at variance with the daughter-in-law and the son-in-law at variance with the father-in-law. And they of a man's own household will be his worst enemies. Jesus comes to bring division among those who want to hear the truth and correct their ways, repent of their evil, and change their lives. That Jesus then will bring them out of this world and make them citizens of the kingdom of God. Well, again, in the book of Luke, I want to quote from this because Jesus is saying something that is so powerful if it is properly understood. He says, and I quote, I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it be already kindled? Now, when Jesus in the book of John says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. The light of the world is the sun itself. And the sun is a great fire. So when Jesus comes, he comes with a word that is like fire because it's scorches the wicked and it begins the destruction of the present world, its societies, its institutions, and its rulers. Listen to what Jesus says. I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how am I straightened till it is accomplished? When John in the New Testament, baptized Jesus with water. He said, there's one coming after me that will baptize with fire. And if you look at the Old Testament, when 
The wicked in the days of Noah were partying and dancing and having fun when the end came. And as it was in the days of Noah, it says, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. And when Lot went to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and warned them of their errant behavior, and they laughed at him and they mocked him. Well, the scripture says God burned Sodom and Gomorrah. And the book says when the son of man comes, it will be as it was in the days of Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. The people were partying. The people were dancing. They were giving in marriage. What? are we doing today? We are not paying attention to the prophet's predictions. And I'm sorry to say most of the preachers, you run away from the preaching of judgment. Why is that when all the signs of the judgment are in our face and the signs that herald the return of Jesus the Christ are in our face? Why aren't you preparing the people for his coming? Listen to his words. I have a baptism to be baptized with. And that, of course, is a baptism of fire. He says, suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth. I tell you, nay, I'm here to bring division. For from henceforth, there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. What's happening in the household that in the very houses, the people, the family is divided. It's because when the truth that Jesus teaches comes into that house, it starts dividing the house. Some will say, I believe and begin to change their lives and repent from the evil that they were found doing by the word of God. And then others will say, I disagree, and they want to keep on doing evil, so the house becomes divided. And Jesus said, the father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father, and the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, and the mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law. And likewise, when you see a cloud rise out of the west straightway, you say, there cometh a shower. And so it is. Then he says, and when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be heat and it cometh to pass. But then Jesus looks at them and said, you hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? You are like the proverbial swine whose nose is embedded in the filth, in the slop, 
And even though the storm clouds are gathering above his head, he's so busy in the slop, he does not look up to see that he should get in out of the storm. Unfortunately, we are like that. We are so busy partying, so busy getting high, so busy in our way that we're not paying attention to the signs of the time that we should get our lives in order that we may not perish in the fall and destruction of this present world. In the book of Malachi, in the fourth chapter, behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Well, brothers and sisters, and those of you who listen, if we don't change, if we persist in evil, we are the root of our children. Our children are the branch. Well, if this world is to be set on fire and the fire is already kindled, then what about your love of your children? If this tree will be uprooted, meaning wickedness, the power of this world to dominate the hearts and minds of the human family. All of this is going to be destroyed. And if you are unwilling to change, then you're sentencing your children even to death. Oh, that's a terrible prophecy. Nevertheless, it is now in force. You know, brother and sister, when you are taking drugs, when you are engaged in sex, where that which you are engaged in will bring you disease, the drugs that you consume if you are pregnant and even the male it will affect your seed and if it affects your life germ it affects your future so when the scripture says prepare slaughter for the children for the iniquities of their fathers this is a tough prophecy 
But we're trying to show you that the way you live your life, you can sentence your offspring to death. So if you wish to become a, a crack addict and the mother is smoking crack and she's pregnant, then the baby comes into the world with less chance to live a good life. And it is our doing that has sentenced our children. When we go out in these days when sexual promiscuity is at an all-time high, when the wicked Satan of this world is titillating the entire earth, particularly our young, engaging in all kinds of sex. Well, when we come up with disease, that disease is not limited to ourselves because once we are pregnant with new life, then we inflict that disease on those coming after us. So it is with wickedness. This is why, dear reverence, pastors, preachers, imams, look at what is happening. If the judgment of this world is not in your sermons, then how will your people have a desire to clean up their act and repent? And how will those of us who lead the flock be willing to clean up our lives and repent of our wrongdoing for the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, the fire that's already started. Listen to the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when he talked to Harry Belafonte. He said, I fear that I am integrating my people into a burning house. Well, if the world is set on fire by the presence of truth, that powerful truth that was to come at the end of the world, making God manifest, making Satan manifest, making the two worlds manifest, then putting all of us in the valley of decision. That truth is in the world now. You are hearing it as we speak. Well, we have to make a decision as to which world we want to be a part of. Do you want to continue with this world? The party life, the fun life, the drunken life, the adulterous life, the fornicating life, the life of sport and play? Go right ahead if that's what you want. But like Moses of yesterday, the Moses of today is setting before us two signs, one of life and one of death. And we implore you 
we beg you to choose life that you and your seed may live. I want to quote from an article from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad called The Time is at Hand. Listen to his words. The black people of America are now in a time when they must decide on life or death. For the world we have known is on its way out and it wishes to carry you and me down with it. Notice his next words, but it will not. For he is sure that once the right path is made clear to you, you make the right decision. In another of his articles, he wrote, for the sad prophecy of the loss of my people, when it says that 144,000 John the Revelator saw coming out of this world. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, that's a very sad prophecy that millions of us are going to go down with this world. And for that sad prophecy, he said to me, through you, I will get all of my people. I'm trying to make the truth so plain that a fool would find it hard to make a mistake. And even if right now you're a little weak in making your decision, the chastisement of Allah that is in the world now that will afflict black and white will force you to agree that it's time, as Moses said, to buckle on your boots and shoes and let's leave this present world and get ourselves under the ark of God, under his truth, seeking refuge in him. Let me continue with what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said. He said, we are the lost members of the original black nation and have been found and chosen by Allah to make a great nation, a nation under his guidance to excel the nations of the past. Then he goes on to tell us to study. Those of you who have a Bible in your house, get it down, dust it off. Those of you dear pastors, study the parables that Jesus made of the lost sheep, of the prodigal son, of the stone that the builders rejected, and the garden taken from the wicked husbandman and given to another, 
and the mustard seed becoming a tree under which the beast found shade and in which the birds found rest. I'm going to now give some of the exegesis or explanation of some of these parables by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the lost sheep. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, no people on the earth more fit the description of the lost sheep than the black man and woman of America and the Western Hemisphere who were taken out of our native land from among our own people and brought on a westerly course to be made slaves, stripped of our names, our language, our culture, our religion, and our God, and turned upside down, inside out, that today the Willie Lynch syndrome of divide and conquer of the mischief makers and the trouble makers and the bloodshed we are living it to the fullest yet the scripture says God said I even I will search the earth for my sheep that is lost and I will find them and bring them again and settle them on the mountains of Israel Again, in the book of Luke, it talks about a man that had 99 sheep and one got lost. He said, what man would not leave the 99 in a safe place, in words, and go after that sheep that was lost? Well, we have been found by the great Mahdi, God in person, and he is now working to restore us and to make a great nation out of us. Look at the next parable of the prodigal son. There were two sons, and one son wanted his earnings from his father and left his father's house and went into a strange land and tried to join himself on to a citizen in that strange land. He squandered all of what he had in his father's house and fell down in that land. He had a job. He was feeding swine and husking corn. And a great famine arose in that land. And then he began to think of his father's house. And look at his words. I think... I will arise and go to my father for in my father's house a servant in my father's house is living better than I and the book says that when he started journeying toward the father the father looked and saw him coming a long way off and went out to meet him and fell on his neck and kissed him and brought him home and then asked that a robe be put on him, a ring on his finger, and the fatted calf killed. And the brother that was always at home, who had never transgressed, was upset. And he said, but this son went into a strange land, living with the harlots and the sinners, and engaging in such, but on him 
you put the robe on him you put the ring on him and for him you killed the fatted calf and the father said rejoice rejoice for this that was dead is alive now and this that was lost is now found look at yourself black man and woman of America and the Western Hemisphere you are like feeding swine when I turn on my television and look at some of our comedians the filthy language the filthy expression and the people laughing the more filthy we talk the more low down we and shamefully we present ourselves the people applaud see the people themselves have become I'm sorry to say like that proverbial pig that lives in filth and so here we are eating at the slop trough of filth and indecency I would that you would wake up and say, I think I've had enough. I'm going to arise and go to my father for the robe is waiting for you. And so is the ring. And so is the fatted calf. You must make a decision for your life. And so the honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, gave us this parable of the wicked husbandman. Let me read some of it for you. A man lent out his vineyard to some wicked husbandmen, and he went on a far journey. And he sent someone in to check on the fruit. Some they beat. He sent someone else in to check on the fruit and that one was beaten. And then in the end he sent his son. And when he sent his son, who was the heir to the vineyard, him they beat, him they drove out, him they killed. So he asked the question to the Jewish people to whom he was giving that parable. What will the owner of the vineyard do when he comes? And they answered, he will utterly destroy those wicked husbandmen. And then the scripture says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our sight. And then he looks at them to whom he was speaking. And he said, the kingdom, listen carefully, will be taken from you and it will be given to another nation that will bring in the fruits 
thereof. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us a beautiful exegesis of this scripture. Listen to what he has taught us. He said, when God placed that ruler in the earth, he let out the earth and its people into the hands of a wicked husbandman. Now, when you look at the word husband, it's the master of the house, an occupier and tiller of the soil. It's one who is there to cultivate the soil. Well, when God sends his prophets into the world, he's looking at the fruit of the work of that one that has been over the world. What have you brought back to God? Have you brought back a righteous servant? No, the prophets that came in to check on your work, some you beat, some you imprisoned, some you killed because you hated the word of truth in their mouths. No prophet has been successful in establishing righteousness in a permanent way on this planet. Why? Because no prophet can compete with one who is made a god over his own world. It takes a god to set down a god. So, the prophets of God, all of them were good men. All of them preached righteousness. All of them had a community that followed them while they were alive and in the world. But after these great prophets passed away, Satan came and divided their communities like he has done. Jesus came. His community is thoroughly divided into what you call sects and parties and denominations. Muhammad came, peace be upon Jesus, peace be upon Muhammad, but the community of Muhammad is divided for Satan has come in and set brother against brother and has caused all to deviate as he has promised. The Jewish community has received prophet after prophet after prophet, and yet you are a divided community today. The Holy Quran says that you made a book. God gave you the Torah, but your scholars, your rabbis, your doctors of law produced the Talmud, and you made the Talmud in your eyes equal to the Torah. No, sir. The Talmud is part of the tricks and lies of Yaqub that was given so that you could master the original people with that system of tricks and lies and unrighteousness until the coming of God. Are you today one that will receive the word? When I speak to you, I don't speak to you out of hate. 
I'm calling you to a right way. But how have you treated Farrakhan? He's an anti-Semite. Show me what Jewish person I have ill-affected. Show me what Gentile I have ill-affected or done evil to. All I have done is spoken the truth, a clear truth that exposes the lie, the liar, the deceitful one. This is what Christ is here to do. Well, you are in the valley of decision. I told you by the grace of God last week that grace is all but up. But you know, even now, he says, if you would give one of his followers as much as a cool drink of water, his mercy would find you and bless you. You know it is written in the Quran that when that one comes that is found written in the Torah and the gospel, that God took a covenant from former prophets and their followers that when that one comes, you should aid him. Well, if the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is that one, and he is, and I am his representative to you and a warner to you in his name and in the name of the great Mahdi, then you may dismiss me. But you cannot dismiss the calamities that are coming right after I speak to you. God is increasing calamities. It is not I that am causing this. It is your rebellion, your refusal to let the black man go. I am saying to you, America, you are being punished not for what you've done in the world alone. Your greatest evil is what you have done and what you yet plan to do to the people that God has chosen for himself. And that is the black man and woman of America, the real children of Israel, who have spent 400 years under tyranny and oppression. And now God has come to make a great nation out of us. And he's appealing to you to let the black man go and give him a good send-off. We are not asking you to segregate us, for segregation is that which is done by a superior to an inferior, leaving the inferior in an inferior position. When two people cannot get along in peace, don't you go before a judge when you're married? If you say our differences are irreconcilable, then one wants to get away from the other? then a decree of divorce is sent down. Well, God himself has sent down a decree that we must be separated. You say, but look how well we are getting along. And where is that? 
And how is that? We only get along with you as long as we go along with you. But when we decide that God's way is better, that a righteous way is better, that we want to unite and do something for self, here you come. You say we didn't have the right to vote. We fought, we bled, we marched, we died for the right to vote. And when we had the right to vote and voted in some of our own people to be mayors, to be governors, to be congressmen, to be senators, here you come, the FBI of the United States of America plotting against represented black representatives in government, setting up traps for them. Yes, you have done this. Yes, you are doing it. Ray Nagan, former mayor of New Orleans, you've indicted him or charged him. Well, you've charged Mr. Ballantyne. You've charged former mayors. Go ahead. I'm sure you'll bring a charge soon against me. But you haven't brought one charge, Justice Department, against the bankers of America who have ripped off the American people, causing nearly 15 million Americans to lose their home. You have not charged President Bush and lying presidents after and before for sending our children into theaters of war on the basis of a lie, bringing them back torn and broken and busted. But nobody in the Senate pays for that. And in your hypocrisy, you come before the American people talking about gun violence while you have sent your planes to bomb and destroy and kill and murder and maim innocent people all over the earth and you talk as though you are the only one that can feel the pain of the loss of your children to gun violence. What about the people in Afghanistan? What about the people in Iraq? What about the people in Libya? What about the people in Syria that are now in civil war because of your meddling in their affairs. But oh, woe to the troublemaker. Woe to the mischief maker. Woe to the one who wants to put all of us at odds against each other. Now you will have to eat from the bowl of food that you have prepared for yourself and your children. If you are wise, you will flee from the coming disasters and say, I want to change my way of living. Yes, even though you are wicked, yet God will have mercy on you if you turn and do justice by that people that God has chosen for himself. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad is looking at the work of this world. The fire that's in his mouth is burning up the political system. The fire of truth is burning up 
your educational system. The fire of truth is burning up your religious system. All of the religions have failed to produce the fruit that God is looking for. So he said, behold, I make all things new. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth and the former things shall pass away. Why don't you come out of the old and become a part of the new? I pray that these series of lectures will help you to look back at scripture, look back at what you believe and then apply the standard of righteousness to our thoughts and our actions. Our thoughts from above or our actions above, are we upright in our dealing or are we crawling like the snakes in the grass or living like the beasts of the field? We're putting before you the picture. You decide and then decide. Like the prodigal son, I will arise and go to my father. Thank you for listening. And may Allah grant you the light of understanding as I greet you in peace. As-salamu alaykum. Brothers and sisters, please log on again next week and every week this year for the time and what must be done. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Log on to NOI.org every Saturday, 6 p.m. Central Time for truth, guidance, and unequaled love from the National Representative of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Pass on the word every Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Time at NOI.org. The time and what must be done. Remember, to have Minister Farrakhan answer your questions, tweet them to at Louis Farrakhan, hashtag Ask Farrakhan. And to add this message to your library or as a gift for someone you love, go to store.finalcall.com.